Welcome to the To Love, Honor, and Vacuum podcast. I'm Sheila Ray Gregoire from the To Love, Honor, and Vacuum blog, where we like to talk about how to make marriage into a passionate adventure and not just a giant to-do list. And speaking of giant to-do lists, we are talking about emotional labor and mental load on the blog. And uh, all month in the month of June, we've had a podcast about it. We've had a ton of posts about it. And now we have been accused of man bashing. So I am going to invite my fellow man basher, uh, Rebecca, my daughter, onto the podcast <laughs> so that we can talk about how it isn't man bashing to simply ask for things to be emotionally healthy. Yes, exactly. And that, you know, we actually think that men are able to make things emotionally healthy. And we think it's kind of ironic that (laughs) that makes us hate men, that we think men can do stuff. Yeah, I know. It is kind of ironic. Okay. So let's get back to first principles. If you have not um, been listening to the podcast or reading some of the blog posts this month, I just want to summarize the concepts of emotional labor and mental load. So emotional labor is the maintaining relationships and managing emotions work, like calling your in-laws, sending thank you notes, buying teacher gifts, and soothing meltdowns in Target. This work of caring can be some of the most exhausting labor, but providing middle-of-the-night comfort is what makes you a wonderful and dependable parent. And those are the words of Eve Rodsky, who wrote the book Fair Play, um, which is what I'm basing a lot of my posts on this month. And here is mental load. Ready? The never-ending mental to-do list you keep for all your family tasks, though not as heavy as a bag of rocks, the constant details banging around in your mind nonetheless weigh you down. Mental overload creates stress, fatigue, and often forgetfulness. So that's what we're dealing with. And the problem that often happens is that almost all of this mental load and emotional labor for the family falls on women. And that's why women feel so absolutely overwhelmed. It's not about housework. No, it's not just about housework. Like housework's a part of it, but it's actually a small part of it. Yes. It's really more about remembering that someone has homework due and someone needs to practice piano and remembering that Julie just had a fight with her best friend, Nicole. Yeah. (laughs) Thinking about when the dog got their last rabies vaccine. (laughs) Yeah. And wondering when the kids need to go back to the dentist. Um, Remembering that there's a church potluck on Sunday and so I need to figure out a salad to make. Remembering that tomorrow I'm going to put something in the slow cooker, which means I need to take the meat out of the freezer today. Like all of that stuff is just constantly in our heads. Yes. And it does wear us down. And so people people have been saying um, on Facebook and in comments and things that, that, we, that we're man bashing mm-hmm. by, by saying that women are tired. Yes. And we have a great comment um, that a woman left on Facebook. And do you want to read it? So we got this comment from one wife who tried to show this to her husband. So here's what she said. Woo. I shared this first podcast with my husband and tried to explain this is what I've been feeling but couldn't express. Mental load. After listening, his takeaway was I was listening to man bashing and that he helped as much as he could, but he had a job and worked all day and is tired when he gets home. He just wants to relax. He said he would try and do better. I just need to let him know what I want him to do and he will do it. Maybe. He missed the whole point. I don't know how to explain it any better than you already have and he still can't fathom what I'm talking about. I'm so frustrated. All right, so... Let me give just a bit of encouragement. If you are not signed up for my email list, you need to be signed up. Go sign up right now. There is a link in the podcast post and description that go along with this podcast because next week we will be sending out an email to those people who are on the list, um, how how they can approach these conversations with their spouses because I know that that is really tricky. And so we're we're trying we're we're brainstorming here. <laughs> we haven't got all the answers, but we're doing research. We're brainstorming. We're talking to people. We're trying to figure out the best way to approach your spouse so that they they can um, take this in a positive way. 
mm-hmm. and not see it as man bashing. Um, but yeah, that that is the the often the pushback that we get is that we're man bashing when we say, hey. Women are really tired. Yeah, exactly. And it's hard because you can say that in it's not in all cases, right? There are a mm-hmm. lot of marriages where, you know, he does more of this than she does because, you know, she doesn't do a very good job. Right. Or, you know, maybe there are marriages where it honestly is pretty fair out there as well. But there are so many studies that show that even if the woman is the only one with a full-time job, she still on average does more than half of the housework. Mm-hmm. On average. Mm-hmm. Which means... If your wife comes to you saying, I feel that I have more on my plate than I should, statistically Mm -hmm. speaking, she's probably right. Yes. So the first question needs to be, does my wife have a point here? Yeah. Okay? Just just saying. Mm -hmm. And that should always be how we talk about how we talk to our spouses, Mm -hmm. right? I shouldn't imagine immediately that they're wrong and go in defensiveness. We should be asking ourselves humbly, wait a minute, am Mm -hmm. I off course? So let's put all of this on the table for me. Yeah. Okay. Because I think there's some confusion about this. When we bring up the concept of mental load or emotional labor, the pushback that we often get is that, okay, hold on a second, but I have a really, really stressful job. And so you can't ask me to do things Mm -hmm. at work or, um, but you're just better at that than I am. And so let's, let's explain what it is that we think is ideal and healthy. Yeah. What's the actual goal here? Mm -hmm. And basically the way that I've been describing it all month is that both people need to have roughly equal downtime. Exactly. It's not fair if he gets five hours of downtime throughout the week and she only gets one, and then mm-hmm. he gets seven hours on the weekend and she gets two. Yeah, like if she is trying to manage a kid doing homework and a toddler, you know, screaming at her while she's making dinner and he's on the couch, on the computer, that's an issue. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope that people can see that's an issue, even if he is tired after his day. Yeah, because um, she's tired after hers too. And I think that's something that's important to say. Yeah, like being home, I've been home with toddlers and I have worked full time in an office. And I can tell you that being home with toddlers is more tiring. Well, okay, we'll put it this way. My husband and I both work from home and we split taking care of the baby, mm-hmm. right? Connor works more days of the week than I do. But we have a rule where if you are on baby duty all day during one of the baby's naps, you get to goof off and do whatever you want. If you're working nine hours, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> because we, we have both found that working straight is so much easier than taking care of our little seven-month-old who's really good at finding electrical outlets. Yeah. And your baby's really easy. Like, and he's, he's an easy too. baby. He's yeah. a great baby. He sleeps. He, like, naps for a long time every day. Mm-hmm. But even so, taking care of the baby is more stressful than mm-hmm. a lot of jobs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so each person should have roughly equal downtime. Then each person should have time throughout the week to to follow their passions and their callings, to do something in their passions and their callings. So if you're passionate about gardening, if you're passionate about um, running the youth group at church, which maybe one day we'll be allowed to do again if we ever, if, outside of Zoom or something. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> you know, if you're passionate about whatever it might be, if you feel called um, to volunteer, like you should have time within reason. I'm not like, well, I'm passionate about putting 50 hours a week into gardening. No, that that's not valid. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but, but if you have something that animates you, that just energizes you, that you feel like, okay, I'm, I'm called to do this. This is a passion of mine. You should each have time to explore that. Yeah, even if it's only an hour or two a week. Exactly, yeah. And and then the, the final thing, and we haven't talked about this one on the blog yet. This is actually coming up next Monday. <laughs> so I don't want to give too much info about it, but you should each be involved in some of the daily grind tasks. So the mm-hmm. Things that have to be done every day, 
Um, they have to be done at a specific time. You can't do them on your own schedule. So they are the things that wear at people the most. Yes. So all we're asking for to summarize is that both spouses have equal amounts of downtime to recharge, Mm -hmm. equal amounts of time to pursue their passions, and that everyone has some ownership over things they have to do every single day. Yeah. Not equal. Not equal, but Mm. some. But some. Yeah. Um, and the re, and I think that that is reasonable. Okay. And that's the thing is I I am sorry, but I do have to say, if you hear that we're simply saying it's not fair for you to have more free time than your wife and that puts your back up, I I do have to push back and Mm -hmm. say, well then how on earth are you being a good spouse to your wife? Mm-hmm. If her having equal amounts of recharge time is a threat, mm-hmm. that's a problem. Yeah, it like, really that's is. That's a big problem. Mm-hmm. Um, it's incredibly unfair. Yeah. Especially when you consider the rates of depression and anxiety among women, especially mm-hmm. women with young children. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a big issue. And I don't think that a lot of people really understand how big of an issue this is, both women and men, because women go for years without asking for any help because they think, I should be able to handle this. I should be able to do more. And men just kind of go through thinking, well, she should be able to handle this. She should Mm -hmm. be able to do more. But Mm -hmm. what if she just can't? And what if the answer was she was given a partner in you Mm -hmm. and you are capable of doing so much more? Like you're capable of so much. And what if, no, absolutely. And a lot of the pushback we get from guys too is, well, if she would just give me a list, I'd do it. Yes. And that's what we're trying to get away from as well. Because the idea of giving him a list means he is still free to walk through the house and relax because he doesn't have to think or remember anything because when when he's supposed to do something, she'll tell him what to do. Whereas she has to stay always alert, remembering homework and birthdays and parties and doctor's appointments and dentist appointments, as well as when laundry needs to be done. Has Johnny's soccer jersey been washed yet? Like, yeah. And so she has to stay on top of all of those things. And that is what is exhausting. It isn't doing the laundry to, make, to, to wash his soccer jersey. It's remembering that it must be done by Wednesday night. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I do also want to say, like, a lot of men email us saying they just wish their wives could have more fun. Mm-hmm. You know, they wish they could have a more playful marriage. They wish they could just let go and they could just have a spontaneous trip to the beach like they did when they were dating. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say, like, if you want that for your marriage... Your wife can't be spontaneous if everything is on her shoulders and if she lets go for mm-hmm. one second, everything will collapse. Yeah. Um, and this is a huge way that you can take that weight off her shoulders so that you can have that fun, flirty, spontaneous marriage again. Yeah. Because if she's always working at 99% capacity, there's no extra room. Yeah. Yeah. And for her, she hears if you say, well, let's just go to the beach. Like, what are you worried about? Let's just go to the beach. But in her mind, what she's thinking is all of the things that need to get done. And also now, okay, but now the whole car is going to be covered in sand. And And I'm going to have to pack lunches. And, uh, you know, I'm going to have to remember to get all the pool stuff or all the beach stuff together. And where did we put that? It's somewhere down in the basement in, you know, the closet. And I've got to dig it out. And she's thinking about now all the things that she has to do for that. Yeah. (laughs) Whereas if she could know that when you say, I want to do a day at the beach she can relax and you're gonna get the snacks Mm -hmm. you're gonna make sure the kids spf 100 sunscreens in the bag (laughs) you're going to think about how johnny ripped his rash shirt and needs a new one so you're gonna grab it on thursday on your way back from work so that you can go out on saturday to the beach if she knows that you can take all that on your shoulders Mm -hmm. she can actually have fun yep and that's the big thing is when we talk about all this emotional labor and mental load stuff our perspective is really you know men are capable of this Like, men are really capable of this, Mm -hmm. and so we need to expect more from them because 
there's no reason that marriages shouldn't have more fun and more downtime and more relaxation and less stress and less tension and way higher libidos as a result. Yeah. Because men can do this. Totally. But what we hear a lot of the time is, but we should, but like, can we really? Yeah. And I just don't understand why when we say men are capable, men can be, you know, fantastic partners. Men can, you Men know, can be fantastic fathers. That's a, that's a big one is yeah. a lot of this stuff is just parenting. Yeah. You know, and caring <laughs> enough to think about the small details of your children. Yeah. Um, and that, and that's what, and that's what it really comes down to because so many people say, well, you know, he's the one who works. And so, therefore, she's the one who runs the household. Yeah. And and so, because he works, he shouldn't have to do anything about the household. And that's kind of the way it's seen. But, you know, the household includes the children. It does. Well, and it includes your wife. I'm sorry. Yeah. But if you are someone who's working outside the home, you don't have kids, you have a stay-at-home wife, if you say, I don't even want to think about any of this, what you're in essence saying is, I don't want to think about what you do. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to enter your world. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. And it sounds kind of like I expect us to be waited on. Yeah. Well, that's Mm -hmm. what it is. I'm sorry. But if you expect someone to do your laundry for you and to cook for you and everything, and in essence, what you're doing is providing a paycheck as a result, you've hired a maid. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like the household tasks are something which are just kind of part of being a grown up. Mm-hmm. and are part of being a partnership. And so obviously, if, if there's a, a discrepancy in how many hours you're working inside the home, of course, we're not asking for 50-50 here. No, we're I mean... We're really not. And as I've said repeatedly, you know, when my husband was in residency, he was doing 120 hours of work a week, literally because he was on call so much, I did 100% of the housework. Yeah. I did 100% of figuring out doctor's appointments. I did all of that. But... When he came home, he did the bedtime routines. Yeah, he was daddy. He fed you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he he managed your emotions. He managed your temper tantrums If because you had a lot. I had a lot of temper yeah. tantrums. <laughs> you know, when you had a temper tantrum, actually, it was usually him who managed them. Yeah. Um, he talked you down. Like, he did all of that because he was super involved. Then that's the big thing is when you say, I don't want to be part of the household tasks, what in essence you're saying is, I don't want to... The... I don't want to have to know the ins and outs of my children. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it feels like that. Yeah. But I'm sorry, but if you don't know that, you know, Janie needs the 100 SPF sunscreen, mm-hmm. or you don't know to think about it, then you're not the parent that they can turn to. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I think a lot of men, when they actually think about it, it can change how they how they see this stuff. Because yeah. you want your kids to think that you're just as much of a parent as their mom is, don't you? Yeah, I would think so. And I, most guys are. I mean, we the, the the stats so much are that millennial dads are way more involved than yeah. my generation of dads. Like, like, men, honestly, are getting way better at this. And this is why we don't understand. Like, we're <laughs> saying, like, men, you are capable. Like, yeah. you can do this. Yeah. Like, And not only that, we want you to because we think that you'll be very good at it <laughs> if you try. Yeah. And yet we're man bashing. <laughs> like, if you are a man who is honestly trying to make things even with your wife, then this should not come across yeah. as man bashing. Yeah. And again, we're not talking about doing equal amounts of housework. We're simply talking about that you each have downtime so it doesn't feel as if one person is waiting on the other or one person yes. is serving the other. Because I'll tell you, that's a really negative dynamic. It's horrible. It, it makes when, you so resentful. It, when you feel taken for granted, when you feel like he gets to sit down whenever he wants while I'm looking after his kids and getting his dinner ready, that's that's not a partnership. 
Nope. That's more of an employee, employer, or servant, master relationship. Parent child, really. Yeah, or parent child. No, it feels more like parent child. And that's not romantic. No. No, we didn't sign up for that. Like, that's not what people want. Now, I am not bashing the stay at home wife. Totally um, not. I mean, let me give you an example. And I wanted to bring Katie on the podcast, but she doesn't have a microphone because yes. <laughs> I wanted her to tell the story. So I'm going to tell it. But, um, you know, I, my youngest daughter, Katie, uh, her husband's in the military. Yep. And Katie stays at home and her husband uh, goes out and does what he does. But the, he's been on lockdown for the last few months because of COVID. They've wanted him to isolate um, and not get it and not spread it. And so while Katie tends to do almost all of the housework, while he's been home, he's been doing dishes. He's been doing stuff too because they're both home. Exactly. <laughs> and so it's, you know, it's not right for him to be on video games and watching TV all day while she, you know, looks at it. It's just not a good d- dynamic. And so yeah. he's just jumped in. He's a great guy. He's very clean. He is totally capable of cleaning that house. And I think it's because David and Katie, even though they live out very, very traditional gender roles in their marriage, mm-hmm. they have the mentality of a partnership instead of a roles-based marriage, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They work as a partnership. So if David is off of work for a while, no, he's not going to sit there for nine hours a day while Katie does his laundry. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going to pitch in. Yeah. They're a partnership. Yeah. You know, they're splitting things as it makes sense so that they have equal amounts of time to, you know, like we said, have downtime and do what they what they feel, you know, invigorates them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and so that's the difference here is are you having a roles-based mentality where it's like, well, this is her job, so I shouldn't have to do it? Mm-hmm. Or are you seeing these things, something where it's it's for the family and is it an equitable split? Right. And let me bring it even beyond that, because there's another element and another layer to this that I think that I think we need to add. And I shared this on Facebook last night, but, you know, it says in Ephesians 2 verse 10 that God has planned good works for us to do. Yeah. Before before we were even born, before the universe began, he had good works for us to do. So he planned for us to do things. And the things that he wanted us to do are to advance the kingdom of God in this world. Okay, so, so if you are kingdom people, if you are a follower of Jesus, if you call him Lord of your life, then God has kingdom work for you to do, where you are going to advance the kingdom of God in whatever way that might be. And, and he's given you special giftings. He's given you a personality. He's given you circumstances that are all wrapped up in what those works are. Now, if you get married and then she spends all of her time carrying all of the mental load, all of the emotional labor, and all of the actual labor of the family so that the family members can goof off for large amounts of time. Then you are not doing the works that God prepared for you to do. Okay, so yes, God prepared for you to look after your family, absolutely, but he did not prepare for you to look after your family so that they can goof off and waste all of their time yeah. while you are getting exhausted. Because God has good works for them to do too. And if we are raising a generation of entitled teens and kids and enabling entitlement in our spouses, that is not furthering the kingdom of God. Yeah. Um, that is hurting the kingdom of God. Because God may have works for you to do (laughs) that you are not able to do so that your husband can play video games for an inordinate amount of time or so that your teenagers can just sit back during COVID and do nothing while you are doing all of the housework and all the meal prep, you know, and that's not right. So there is also a spiritual element to this and that the more that we have very lopsided um, relationships at home, 
the more we actually get away from what God wants us to do. Because God does not want us just to be focused on treading water and trying to stay sane in our families. God, God's kingdom work is also outward focused. And if we are so focused at keeping our head above water at home because we're exhausted and we're overwhelmed, we aren't going to be able to do the things that God has for us. And I think that is part of the way that women are getting just off track in this world is because we are way too busy Mm -hmm. because other people are not picking up the slack and in some ways we are enabling them to do that. Yeah, God created us as beings who need a Sabbath, you know? And we need a Sabbath because we need to rest. He created us to rest. Even God rested, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so if in your marriage there is a dynamic where one person is not able to rest, Mm -hmm. that is a problem. And rest doesn't just mean not working. It means not having to worry about things. Yeah. Too. Um, There was this great comment that was left last week on Facebook too Mm -hmm. about this whole dynamic of, of, of this approach of asking for emotional health, which is really what we're asking for. We're asking for emotional health in a marriage and we're asking um, for, for people to be able to follow God's calling on their lives. That's what we're asking for. Um, And here's what Lisa, here's what Lisa said. Um, I appreciate you covering this topic and Eve Rodsky's approach, again, from the book Fair Play, that's what she's referring to, towards a solution. Your blog post was quite effective in demonstrating how women are required to bring this up to even get a shot at change. Can we talk about the emotional labor of having to make sure it's not acknowledged that women in general do have it worse? As you know, study after study confirms women have less free time. The exercise of having to make sure to not trigger defensiveness in husbands is exhausting and a big part of the emotional labor. Also having to make sure to frame it as him getting more sex so that that's why he should even consider changing. Not because it's just the right thing to do. Or even the kind thing to do. Also the reassurance that it won't have to be 50-50. Only 21% is the magic number so women will be okay, as stated in other posts quoting Rodsky. So the emotional labor looks like, one, having to plan out and execute assurances that it's not focusing on who has it worse, even though you do have it worse. Two, having to make sure it's framed around change so he gets something that he wants. And three, the goal isn't even equity, you must assure him. If he does 21% and you are left with 79%, that will feel fair. Sigh. Yeah. And this is something that's just made me so sad as I read through a lot of the comments. Because I think there are a lot of really, really good people out there who have a blind spot here. Mm-hmm. You know? And I just... And I do want to say, like, this is not the case in all marriages. And so if you're listening to this and you're feeling, well, I don't want to have to do more. Like, <laughs> yeah. check where you're coming from with that. Mm-hmm. Like, because when in my marriage, for instance, you know, my husband... Like, we started out and things were really uneven. You know, I was doing a lot more and we had this mentality of Connor was like, well, just give me a list and I'll do it. I don't care if you ask me or if you feel like you're nagging. I would prefer you nag and I know what to do versus Mm -hmm. you being mad because you did it all. And that still didn't fix it, right? Right. Because we were talking about, we didn't realize we were talking about this mental load problem Mm -hmm. until like two years in. But once we talked about it, the assumption on Connor's perspective would be that it would be fair. Mm-hmm. You know, and as soon as it was shown that it wasn't fair, mm-hmm. he fixed it. Yeah. It wasn't a big deal. I didn't have to convince my husband that it should be fair, mm-hmm. you know, and I could go to him and be like, you know what? Like you had three hours off tonight and I did dishes and laundry and I didn't get more than 30 minutes to myself all day. Mm-hmm. And he'd say, yeah, you're right. 
Like, mm-hmm. this doesn't, like, I don't understand why this needs to be a fight. Yeah. Like, and, can't we just want to be nice to each other? And that's, and, and if you're struggling with that, um, I really want to do a big shout out for Nine Thoughts That Can Change Your Marriage, my book, um, Nine Thoughts. Uh, I was reading an email today from Maria B., who read it and said, honestly, Sheila, this is the best book you've written. So even, a mm-hmm. lot of people have told me that, even more so than the sex books. Um, but if, as a woman, you're really having trouble trying to figure out how do I approach my husband with this? Is it even right that I'm asking for this? You know, how do I work through how I'm feeling in my marriage about my husband, that kind of thing? Um, just to pick that up because it can help you see your marriage in a different way. Because I think often we do have this idea that as women, this is our job. Yeah. <laughs> and we're missing the bigger picture, which is God has a calling on your life. Okay, God has something unique and special for you to do. And we need to stop putting roles as the point of our life. And we need to start putting God as the point of our life and then letting everything else fall as it may. Yeah, exactly. One of the things that I talk to Connor about um, when I, when we talk about our marriage that I love about it is that I feel like we have an equally yoked marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, and we are truly a partnership working towards something as a couple. Mm-hmm. And so when something is not right, we mm-hmm. fix it together. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't work with a roles-based mentality, especially when it comes to the household tasks. It just doesn't because then it becomes a competition of who's doing more, who's doing less. And uh, are you saying that my role isn't as hard as yours? Well, like sometimes it's not. Okay? (laughs) Again, we have a rule where whoever works doesn't get time off. Whoever has the baby gets an extra like hour and a half off a day. Okay? (laughs) Sometimes it is just harder. And you can acknowledge that and it doesn't need to be a personal slight. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, what makes our marriage feel like a partnership is that I don't have to convince him to be nice to me. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to convince him why he needs to be a good man. Mm -hmm. You know, because that is what this is. Mm -hmm. This is just be a good man. Mm -hmm. Like, we are called to love each other sacrificially, you know? Husbands are given a specific call to lay down their lives for their wives. And I have a very hard time seeing how men who are very concerned that us saying you should give your wife the same amount of downtime as you, mm, like, I have a hard time seeing when men are concerned about that, how they're putting their lives down for their wives. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, w- like when, when the response is immediately, well, my wife is just really controlling or my wife just has too high standards of this. Well, like, mm-hmm. maybe you need to really, really think about how to sacrificially love your wife here. Or even if she is controlling and crazy, totally mm-hmm. just insane about all this, we'll take it all on your shoulders for a week and prove to her that you can get it done without having to have such high standards and everything works. Yeah. Like, why isn't that the response? Like, oh, my wife is super controlling and has overachieving standards. Well, I'm just going to take everything on for a week. Mm-hmm. Like, why isn't that the, the the response? Why is it always, well, she's being unfair and she just doesn't see what I do when she's saying, yeah, because you're doing like 25% and I'm doing 75 Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting. I, I mentioned that when Keith was uh, in his residency, he was working 120 hours a week. I did all the housework. Uh, and then when we were homeschooling you guys, he did usually like a half day or a full day of homeschooling a week mm-hmm. uh, so that I had some time to write because that was really important. So we, we did divide that up. Uh, but as he's as we've gotten older, as we moved to a different stage of life, he's actually cut back on work a lot so that I could spend more time on the blog and podcasts, etc. And he now does um, he cleans the bathrooms 
he does the laundry. I still do the cooking because I love cooking. But he does a lot of the dishes. I see him putting in the dishes in the yeah. dishwasher and doing the dishes every night. So. Yeah, he does He does all the dishes. And he does it without me asking him. That's the Because he's thing. owned it. Yeah. He's owned it. He knows this is his area. And sometimes it's hard for guys to own things because they don't always know what needs to be done. But I do want to say... You know what women do that men don't do? Mm-hmm. They YouTube search household cleaning schedule. Yeah. yeah. Like these kinds of things. And this is something that happened when we, we had the baby too, right? Because mm-hmm. Connor, when I had like an hour off, Connor texted me once, be like, what am I supposed to do for this? I was like, well, I Googled it. You can too. Yeah. And that ended that, you know? Like and he said, and, and we have these conversations every now and then, right? Like if he doesn't know how to do something, you got a cell phone. Yeah. Like, just Google it. Yeah. You know? If you want your wife to feel loved and seen, why don't you take, like, an hour this Saturday Mm -hmm. and just look up house cleaning tips on YouTube. Yeah. And go do the Watch some How Clean Is Your House on YouTube. Oh, my gosh. That's such a good show. How Clean Is Your House? Yeah. Yes. But these are the things that women do. So are women really... Who's the Kim and Addie? Kim and Aggie. Kim and Aggie. Oh, I love them. I love them. Yes. No, but if you take time and learn how to do it... You can do it just as well as she can. There is nothing about having two X chromosomes that makes you inherently better at vacuuming. Yes, like, or, or cleaning the bathroom or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. And, and so if you're struggling on how to, you know, take ownership of these things, or if your wife is saying, I just feel so alone, mm-hmm. you know, or I just feel like it's all on me, just, you know, I'm sorry, but take a bit of initiative, darn it, and mm-hmm. just Google it. Mm-hmm. And, and and her saying, I feel so alone and like this is all on me, does not mean that you do not have stress at work. No, it doesn't. It just means that there is stress to being home too, and that does need to be acknowledged. Mm-hmm. And it isn't right for anybody to back out of the home because the home, you signed up for a relationship. When you got married, you said, I will be invested in this relationship. And when you had kids, assuming that you do, if you do, then you also signed up to be their dad. Yeah. And by saying this, we are not man bashing. Mm-hmm. If you're doing this well, this is this is us being your biggest cheerleaders. Mm-hmm. Like, yay to the guys who are like, I want to be just as involved as and, a father. And we have three great guys in our family. Like, your yeah. husband's great. Katie's husband's great. My husband's great. Like, yeah. Like, like it is totally possible for guys to be great, and that yes. should be that should be the expectation. That should be the norm. The norm should be like Connor, who has special things that he does with Alex every single day. Mm-hmm. You know, the norm should be that I can expect that when Connor goes for a walk with Alex, he's going to put a sun hat on the baby. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like these are the things that should be normal because he is just as capable of a father as I am as a mother. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. that's what we need to start expecting, and so. If you are already doing this, we are not bashing you. (laughs) Guys, what we're saying is we need to stop allowing men to live under their full potential. Because their full potential means they can be amazing husbands, amazing dads, amazing men of God. And so why are we making it so that they're always doing less in a lot of these marriages? That's such a travesty. There's so much wasted potential. Mm -hmm. And so many marriages that could be thriving and happy and joyful and flirty and spontaneous and fun that Mm -hmm. right now are bogged down by resentment and contempt because frankly one person is going completely unseen in this area because they can't get past the defensiveness of the other 
Yeah. And that's just, and that's just got to stop. And again, if this is your marriage and if you're really struggling with this and you're a woman, um, please sign up for the email list. The link is in the podcast description, as well as the podcast post that goes along with this podcast. We always have an extra post on the blog at tolovehonorandvacuum.com where there's lots of extra links and rabbit trails. There'll be links to all of the posts on our emotional labor series, including the ones about how you decide what needs to be done, what standards you have, how to eliminate nagging. And I hate that word. Mm-hmm. Um, but we went into that this week, why, why people experience it as nagging and how we can stop that phenomenon, um, how the fair play system can help so much more. So do check that out. Um, but as we wrap up, one of the things that I'd like to, to point us to is that this is a dynamic, which is getting better generation over generation. It really is. Millennials, millennial dads, a lot of them are awesome. Um, and, and a lot of Generation X dads are awesome too. But There's a lot of great dads in every generation. We're just seeing that the number the of diapers more proportioned. Changed. Yes. Yeah. More proportioned among millennials. But let's change it for the next generation. Yeah. Because we can break this cycle and we can, you know, when you are raising your kids, you are raising future spouses. Mm-hmm. And what you teach your kids is what they will expect as well when they are married. And the best gift that you can give your future daughter-in-law is a son who can really clean a toilet Yeah, and who can really <laughs> make a meal and, I, you know, who knows how to cook, but also who notices what needs to be done. He yes. doesn't just sit back and wait for someone to tell him, but he knows how to take initiative and he knows how to actually do this stuff. Yeah, who doesn't see it as woman's work where he can be a good guy and help out sometimes. Yeah. So if you are requiring more from your girls than you are from your boys... That's a problem. You are setting up this dynamic in your son's future marriage and you are teaching your daughter... To not look for the good guys when she gets married because she will expect to be treated a bit like a maid. Yeah. Uh, and so you, you don't want to recreate that in your kids' mm. marriages. Yeah. Um, so make sure that your teenagers are doing chores. <laughs> yep. You know, make sure that they all can cook. Um, and then as even younger kids, like teach your eight, nine, ten year olds how to be responsible how to do some of the family chores, not just clean their room and make their bed. That's great. But you also want to teach kids you're part of a family. And that means that you have a responsibility to some of the common things within that family. Exactly. Like doing dishes, like dusting coffee tables, like cleaning toilets, watering plants, watering plants, like the things that benefit the family as a whole. So they're not only responsible for cleaning their room, they're responsible for some of the common stuff too. Yeah, so we just want to do a huge shout out to the guys who are doing this great, Mm -hmm. you know? And there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. I mean, Connor's editing the podcast. I love you, Connor. I mean, (laughs) even today, as we're we're summarizing, I will actually read you a text conversation that we had that perfectly describes what we're talking about. Are you ready? I'm ready. By the way, has the lawn been watered today? I texted Connor. It's pretty hot. We don't want the seed to die. If you attach the other hose and turn on the sprinkler, I can turn off when I get home. You know his response? Not on your plate. (laughs) (laughs) that's exactly what we're talking about okay that's a good husband (laughs) and you know what the grass got watered yeah so (laughs) and if you are seeing this conversation about equitable division of free time as a threat i would really encourage you to take a step back and humbly ask yourself why Mm -hmm. and honestly ask yourself Am I expecting too much of my wife or too little of myself? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think that that is an important question to be asking. 
And if you do think that there are major issues with how your wife does housework and that she's putting too much on the family's plate, then you take the initiative and you research what is actually necessary. Mm -hmm. And you make a plan and you work to keep it going and you do your share and you show her that you're going to be a partner. You know, but you can't simply expect that going to someone who feels overwhelmed and saying, well, you know, I work and so you should really be able to handle this is going to lead to a happy, healthy marriage. And you I think, can't. and I think part of the problem is that there's a big devaluing of the work that goes in yep. to the household. Yep. And that needs to stop because you know what? The most important work is relationship work, is keeping people emotionally healthy, physically healthy, all of those things. And that yep. happens in the home. And so... Let's make sure that we are engaged in the most primary relationships that you have because that is the primary thing that God put you on earth for. Everything else is secondary. You, put, you look after the people that God gave to you specifically first. And if that's not what you're doing, if you're kind of just coasting, that's not right. And I don't think God's that pleased with that. And so thank you for joining us for the To Love, Honor, and Vacuum podcast. Uh, we've been talking to you. I'm Sheila Ray Gregoire. I've been here with my daughter, Rebecca Lindenbach. And we have been sharing from what we've been saying on tolovehonorandvacuum.com all month. Please check out the podcast post that goes along with this so that you can tune in to our emotional labor posts. Join us next week where we talk about the daily grind tasks. That uh, That's going to be a fun post. And we will be sending out that email to people on how to have these conversations with your spouses. So sign up for the email list. You'll, you can be sure to get that email and maybe we can move forward and make this into a productive conversation it doesn't it shouldn't need to be something which is so fraught with tension it should just be about hey how can we reach our potential how can we make sure that we each are able uh to to walk forward in what god has for us and how can we love each other and how can we love each other and have more fun? And I think that's all wrapped up in what this is. So join us to loveonyourvacuum.com. And please, just as a personal favor, remember to mark this podcast, to rate it as five star, wherever you listen to it and leave a review. It really does help other people find it. And we will be back next week for a special Start Your Engines podcast directed specifically at men. My husband will be here. Um, and so that'll be exciting too. So thanks for joining us. And we will talk to you again soon.